Before we begin, we might as well just address what's on your mind right away. I know that many of you were invited to wear an ugly Christmas sweater. I don't have such an object, unfortunately, and so I have this obnoxiously bright green vest, and there it is, right? Is it fantastic or not? Yeah, it is fantastic, yeah. Before you make fun of it at all, I do want you to know, I actually really like this vest quite a bit. I enjoy it. Yes, I did purchase it on sale. This is not a Christmas present. This is something I bought myself on sale because let me just tell you, if it's this color, just wait, it will come on sale, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be there for a while. You got time to buy that, right? I wanted to start by making a little bit of a confession, something that I really feel like is going to lighten my load a little bit this Christmas, just make me feel better about things. Well, I love Christmas. I recognize that we all celebrate in our own way. And there are some things at Christmas that I have never experienced, specifically things that I have never watched. I had to write them down to remember them because these aren't a part of my Christmas. I have never actually watched the movies, It's a Wonderful Life, most of the Grinch Stealing Anything movies, A Charlie Brown Christmas, Polar Express, or the one that could get me fired, A Christmas Story. I have seen clips of them, but I've never sat down and watched them at all. Never have. And if some of you want to leave now, I understand. (laughs) It is what it is. Truthfully, I look at these movies and I see them from a distance and I'm just like, eh, that's not my Christmas. It's not my Christmas. My Christmas is a Muppet's Christmas Carol. That is number one. (laughs) That is my Christmas. My Christmas is Elf. My Christmas is Tim Allen specifically playing the Santa Claus. That is my Christmas. My Christmas is Rudolph's shiny New Year, any of those claymation, whatever those things are, whatever those are, that is my Christmas. And I'm sorry if that disappoints you, but truthfully, we all have our own Christmases, right? Those things, those things we eat, those things we watch, those things that make us feel and experience our Christmas. As individuals, families, communities, Christmas is very different from one person to another. But with that said, as we now come to sort of the end of the Christmas season, may we be reminded what this season is all about. May we be reminded of the thing that celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ every year was made to instill, to remind, to drive our hearts to do every year and all the time. It is the thing that we are reminded of in Matthew chapter Chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, when we are introduced to these magi, these wise men. While we know very little about these magi, Pastor Peter shared that there is one thing that we can be very certain about, one thing that we absolutely know, these individuals who are a mystery to us got very, very right. The Magi, the wise men, are probably the most fictionalized part of the manger scene, of the narrative, of the history, the true history surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ. They are the thing that there's a lot of made-up stuff that we add to this moment. And I'm sorry if that ruins your manger scene, but it's true. Just think of the song that we sing that partly made them so popular, right? Just the first line. We three kings of... You got to sing it in like deep voice, right? Yeah, like you, you got to go there. We three kings of Orient are, right? Think about that for a second. Three, we don't know if that's true. Kings, we don't know if that's true. Orient are, like that's, that's a 
cute guess, I guess, but like we don't know that either. We even have, as Pastor Peter said, strong doubts that the wise men ever met baby Jesus, right? There's a good chance they met toddler Jesus somewhere along the line. What we do know is this. We know this. Very intelligent and powerful individuals of somewhere east of Jerusalem journeyed probably an incredible distance all to see Jesus. There was something they needed to do. Something that was so important to them that they had to make this journey. Had to stop their lives, put everything into the side and do this thing with Jesus in person. There was something they needed. We find it here in this passage. It's a word that's almost hidden in it. It's actually there three times for us. And, and the word is expressed. It's illustrated more than that. But it almost gets lost in this moment. As a pastor, I can't tell you how many times I've read this story, this moment. It comes around every year, two or three times at Christmas. I've got to be drawn back to this moment. And I read it and I, I immerse myself in this passage. But I almost lose this main key theme. And there's almost no avoiding it, right? I like the excitement of this moment. I love the whole story surrounded by the wise men making this long journey. I love the thoughts of what happens with, with Herod and the threat to Jesus's life. I love seeing God's grace at work in a situation as he works in our lives, right? That's a, that's a sermon right there. And it's, it's good, it's powerful about how God just prepares the situation. He handles things that we could never handle and he sets the moment up perfectly and right. And I... I get wrapped up in that, right? Don't you get wrapped up in that? I get wrapped up into that moment, but I get so wrapped up into it that I forget what the wise men were really truly about. And it is what Christmas, celebrating Jesus's birth is a reminder for all of us. Why did the wise men make this incredible journey? What was all of this really truly about? They made this journey to do the one thing that they could think of that mattered more than anything else in this world to do the one thing that would give their lives purpose, their minds direction, their hearts understanding and peace. They made this journey to worship him, to worship Jesus. There it is before us from their mouths to ours, our ears, clearly in verse two, they say, we have come to worship him, to worship Jesus. When it comes to details beyond this about the Magi, these wise men, I can't, I can't give you a lot of details. I wish I could give you wonderful thoughts about it, but I can't. Maybe that's done on purpose so that we can connect with these wise men, these Magi. Where are they from? From the east, right? That could mean a lot of things. Did they travel across the Arabian desert or around it? Are they from Nineveh or Babylon? Are they from where we may expect them to be, where there were Jew, Jews scattered across this region at this time? Were they possibly distant relatives of a wise man we do know from the Old Testament? Were they possibly relatives of Daniel? That would be really cool, right? If they had that connection, but we don't know. Did they travel further from Persia, from Yemen, where we believe that the kings were Jewish at this time? Or as the song says, still further from Eastern Asia, we don't know. How many were there? They brought three gifts, so we just say there's three, but we don't know that at all. They brought three gifts, but there could be many of them. Or if you've had the unfortunate opportunity of, of not packaging your manger scene very well, and one of the wise men kind of got lost in the shuffle or destroyed in the shuffle, and you only have two, guess what? It's okay. There could have been two of them. We know the group was probably big, but we don't know how many. 
Were they kings or royalty? Were they rich and powerful? They followed a star. Were they astrologers or some kind of wise person? So many questions, so little is known. What we see is this. Intelligent individuals. I'd like to consider myself an intelligent individual. I did buy this vest, but beyond that, right? Like I, like, I like to consider myself an intelligent individual. Well, these intelligent individuals chose to make their priority before anything else, worshiping Jesus, worshiping him. At a time in history that maybe felt a bit like our own, where I'm sure they had so many other things to think about, to focus on, to be distracted by, they chose to prioritize worshiping Jesus. That brought purpose and fulfillment to their lives. That brought the right feelings, contentment, value to what they were doing, to who they were. Nothing was more important to bringing peace to their hearts than worshiping Jesus. If you are looking in this season, at the season of Advent, and you're thinking about hope and peace, joy and your love, and you're saying, I want those things not just at Christmas, I want those all year long. That is the incredible value of worshiping Jesus because it is the key to bringing all of those things to your life every day. Worship. Worship Jesus. Now what is worship? Worship is the expression of our reverence and adoration for something. And I know those are big words, so let me say it this way. Worship is actions that say that something is incredibly invaluable and important to each and every one of us. That is worship. We use the word worship at church, and sometimes I wonder if we should have a different word for it because I think it gets confusing because we say that we are made to worship, and we, we put that worship in there with like what we do at church. And it's true. When we come to, work, to church, we sing songs, and we, we worship, right? And, and we we do sing songs, we say these things that, that talk about how valuable and important and special God is to us, but that is actually just a small avenue of all that is worship. Worship really is, is so much more than that. In fact, if anything, that's just worship prep. Song worship is really about us preparing to hear, to understand, and then to go live true worship that is our lives, that is our words and our actions and who we are. Worship is our lives, how we communicate how we, I'm sorry, how we live communicates what is important and what is valuable. Let me say that again. How we live communicates what is important and what is valuable to us. In fa fact, how we live is the true determining factor to what we are worshiping in this world. Let me say that again. How we are living is the true determining factor to what we are worshiping. What do our lives say that we value? What is important? What are we worshiping? I love this moment with the Magi because we recognize how much they give. We see the Magi and we see that they stopped everything else. There was nothing more important about their calendar, about their schedule, no more bigger priority in their life. We know that they took a long journey. They put aside other relationships, other moments, and they took this long journey. We know they opened their treasures and they gave of their best. They bowed down. We don't know if they were kings, but we know that they were powerful. And these powerful individuals humbled themselves, lowered themselves. They bowed down. And then they opened their hearts 
and they worship Jesus. We recognize this, the Magi gave of their time, of their energy, of their resources, of their power, and of their hearts to Jesus. That, that is worship. That is worship as it is meant to be. Are you looking for purpose and meaning in your life? I know that this is something that many of us who are younger, I don't know that I can throw myself in there, but I'm wearing a green vest. I know that, that like those of us who are younger, right, we, we can sometimes struggle with this, right? Like we, when it comes to finding purpose and meaning in our lives and we look for like what our lives should be about and finding value, it's, this is hard, this is difficult, right? We look for it in certain things around the world, right? We look for it in a relationship that we think needs to give us that meaning or value that says something about our value. We look for it in our job, in our career, finding that perfect thing that sets it up. We look for it in things, setting up a right life, accumulating the right things, having the right property, whatever that is. And we look for those things to bring us purpose. This is where it's found. It's found in worshiping him. I can tell you this from my experience. I have a little. There are moments in my life where honestly, all those other things don't quite add up, right? My life isn't perfectly aligned and I feel like I've got all of that there, but I can tell you this, every day worshiping him fills me with purpose. The truth is this moment, being given, giving this chance to share, to use my God-given gifts in this moment, this is not the greatest moment of my worship. The greatest moment of my worship this week will be at home. It will be how I love and respect my wife. It will be how I care for my children. It will be when I come to the office and how I treat others. It will be in the use of my time and my mind and my energy. That is my true worship. And when it comes to finding purpose and fulfillment and uplifted heart, that is what I want to give. That is where I will find it. I know for many of us in this season of, of COVID and just everything that is right now, right? It can be hard. This is a heavy season. This is a moment where we can feel stretched at times, right? We can feel stretched and drawn we're looking for that fulfillment in life. We're looking for something to give us hope, joy, love, and peace. I want you to know it is found here in worship. This week I had the opportunity to be on the phone with an individual who was suffering from COVID. And I had the wonderful opportunity, of course, you could not ignore the big thing as I prayed with that individual to pray with them and to, to pray about healing and healing for this moment relief for their lungs and, and to pray that, that they would feel better in that moment, but then the longer healing, right? Healing for like the future, that they would have no lasting impact and all of those wonderful things. And, and I was excited to hear the good news of this individual going home from the hospital and taking the right steps. And it was, it was one of those praise God kind of wonderful moments. But I want you to know, as I was praying with that individual and I was praying with all of those needs in that, there was something in me that couldn't stop myself from praying this praying with that individual, and I don't know if it was for them, if it was for me, if it was for who, but praying with them that they would be reminded that in the midst of all of this that they are experiencing, that they would not lose sight that there is an opportunity there in the midst of this moment, which was hard and difficult and scary, to worship God. To remind the world around them by their actions, their choices, and words that he is Lord of their life.
and that he is what this world is about. May we worship him. Now, I don't know about you, but my family is still in the midst of celebrating Christmas. My wife, Julie, and I, we had our Christmas with our children, Christmas Day gifts and all kinds of food and those wonderful things. If any of us seem a little sleepy this morning, it's okay. If you seem a little sleepy this morning, it's okay. I wore a green vest. Wake up. Come on. All right. So, so we're there. But our family isn't done. Our family Christmas with our siblings, is my siblings, is still to come. We're in the midst of all of that fun. In fact, when this sermon is over, my brain is going to fully go into holiday mode. It's coming, and, and like certain things will be shut off, and hopefully not too soon, but, but it's happening, right? That's happening. My biggest concerns are going to be when to nap, what movies to watch, and how much chocolate, and ring bologna is too much chocolate, and ring bologna. I have not reached that spot yet. I'm just telling you. Goal has not been met. It's coming, but it's not been met. I say all that to admit This isn't the moment for a heavy message. You didn't come here for that. We're just about done here. That's pretty good, right? We're just about done here. We are in that weird weekend, though, where Christmas is sort of over, but it's not, and our brains are starting to think towards the new year, 2022, and and that often means that we have questions for our future. And so if I could ask you to take anything from this message, this time together, I'm not looking for something deep or crazy. I've kind of battled myself from allowing myself to even go there, really. I'm not looking for those deep thoughts. I'm, I just want to encourage you to leave here with some questions in this perfect season for questions. And all that the wise men are and were the magi, may we... Allow them to bring questions to our heart and mind right now. At the end of this moment in verse 12, we see that the Magi, they left and they went by a different route because of Jesus. And we can only guess that because of Jesus, they lived differently as well. Hold on to what they remind us about Christmas and about life. All of this All of this is about worshiping him. So I encourage you to ask yourself these questions. What is out of control in my life? And what is in control? What is controlling my life? What does my life say that I worship? Does something else, power, money, lifestyle, schedule, work, a certain relationship, all those things that that the wise men gave up to worship Jesus, have? do any of those things have my focus? Are any of those things what I am truly worshiping? As I begin this new year, what might need to change? And finally, how can my life, my choices, my actions and words best show the value and importance of Jesus in my life. This is for all of us. Please know that as a pastor, I am no one special with this. Personally, I need this reminder of worship regularly. I do, as we close, remember this, and I encourage you to as well. This is my Christmas. This is my Christmas, and I get to choose what makes it my Christmas, right? So in the midst of watching movies that I want to watch, in the midst of eating the things that are my Christmas, that make me feel right about Christmas, I'll start this new year with this question. 
Is my life worshiping who I want to worship? Is your life worshiping who you want to worship? I encourage you to go and make it so. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God above, God, I want to live for you. I want my life to be about you. Not just here in this moment, not just at Christmas. God, in who I am as a person, as a husband, as a father, as a member of this community, God, I want it all to be about you. God, I know there are times and there are moments where other things get in the way, where I prioritize things, where I get wrapped up in what's happening in our culture or, or in a moment. I know there are moments where stress comes my way, where health or finances or things like that, they add pressure and stress and it, it's hard. I know that there are temptations there too, God. So God, I just ask that through this season, you would reign in my life. God, for us as Bethany Wesleyan Church, for the individuals represented here, the families represented here in person and online, God, I ask that you would encourage us to make you Lord of our lives. May you reign in our lives. And God, as we come into this new year, may people who see us, who know us, may they see the adoration, the respect, the worship and love that we have for you. And God, may we each be driven this year to make any changes, to change any priorities so that you reign in our lives. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.